moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people. Hi, this is Asa Nilsson, and you're listening to More Moss to the People, where each week we're going to be talking about slowing down, even hurling ourselves off of the Ferris wheel of the production-first mentality and choosing to live a courageous life based on our own needs first and daring to be different in a world where sameness is encouraged more highly than living a life of authenticity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to More Moss to the People. This is Asa Nilsson, and I am your host. Today, I have a beautiful guest all the way from Columbus, Ohio, and her name is Bella. Ciao, ciao, Bella. I love your name. It's such a beautiful name. (laughs) And I I wanted to give a little bit of history about how have you come into my life? Where'd you come into my world from? And um, interestingly, your, I'm going to call her your great aunt. We'll say your great aunt, Sarah. One of my number two, my top two fan from my podcast is Sarah Kootball, and she is in Florida, and she is your relative. And uh, I thought it was so sweet of her because she wrote to me, she's like, Asa, I don't know if you would consider this, but I think that you need to have Bella on your podcast because she's young and she's got her own viewpoints and she's really super special. And I was like, wow, okay, who is who is this person? And And just to kind of get some a frame of reference for somebody that is 24 years old. I mean, to me, that is, at first I was like, what does a 24-year-old want to be on my podcast for? (laughs) And then I'm like, well, why not? Hold on, let me me see who this beautiful person is. So um, let me turn it over to you. I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, thank you. Well, as you said, my name is Bella Miller. Um, I've been a Columbus native my whole life, other than a five-month stint in Sydney, Australia, when I studied abroad. Um, I work at IGS Energy full-time, but I'm also a Reiki, yoga, and meditation teacher. And in February, I just published my first book of poems. <laughs> now, okay, let, 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 let me back the band here for a little bit. You said... <laughs> that you are, first of all, that you have had a semester abroad. How beautiful is that? I didn't know that. What was that experience like? Oh my gosh, life-changing in every way. Anyone listening to this who knows me is going to probably roll their eyes from hearing it so much. But (laughs) in Australia, their way of life is just so different. It's very centered around wellness and being outside and Mm taking the time. um, And I had one semester in college in America before that. And it's just so different. We come in on day one and it's like, okay, 
here's how you're going to get everything you could ever possibly want done in these four years and maybe earlier. And then if you don't do it earlier, you're going to do like all these crazy things. And just to be able to go to school in a place where it's like, yeah, we're just going to learn and talk about things. I was like, what? Wait a second. Where's the to-do list here, people? Yeah. (laughs) And I've been just so centered that way my whole life. Like I'm very list oriented. Like I have lists for my to-do lists. Yeah. Um, So to be in this space where it was really just like, oh, we just get to be and live and we Mm. still get things done. And we're still productive, but we get to have this shared space together. It was just very impactful for me. And I was 18 at the time. So I was like, all right, wow, this is what life can be. I didn't know. Yeah. Well, how would you know, right? You don't know until you experience something new. And I mean, that's, trust me, I feel the same way at this age. I'm 56 nearly. And, you know, I don't, I don't know things until I get to actually have the honor of experiencing them. And you as a 24 year old, uh, young woman, you have, in my opinion, you have done, like I told you when we had our initial chat, I'm like, wait, you've done more than most of the people that I know that are in my age group and that you have, I don't want to say achieved because I don't, I don't like the word achieved. Um, it's, you have experienced a lot of different things already and you have completed university. You work at a beautiful job full-time that you're really proud and happy to work with. And and you're teaching yoga tonight at seven o'clock in in Columbus, Ohio, and you're a Reiki, you're, you're licensed for meditation and Reiki. I mean, that's, that's a lot um, to, to already be, um, to have in kind of like your toolbox. So um, when, when Sarah said that, you know, young people today, <laughs> young people today, this is only the old people like us that we're the only ones that say this, um, young people, there's, there's so much, uh, the, 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 I don't, this is going to sound probably pretty negative, but that there's some entitlement around the young people today that they're just, they have expected life to be a certain way. And they've been shown that everything is possible. Everything is available to them. Um, and now, now we, as the elders, we, as the elders have to uh, have some, I think some responsibility of how can we share, how can we share our knowledge with one another. This is not like, listen to me now, I am old and I'm going to tell you how to do this because that's, that is uh, the immediate, you know, walls go up like, yeah, old lady, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> but how can we share from uh, our own experiences? And, um, and you now as this young woman who has already done so many beautiful things in your life, I mean, what is it like as a younger person I'm going to have you speak on behalf of all of humanity, okay? <laughs> I mean, no pressure. But um, what is it like to be your age today? <laughs> uh, I have a poem in my book that says, how am I this tired at 22 or something hmm. around that sentiment? Hmm. So for my experience, um, and again, this is just me, hmm. I... I think that I was on this like race course track until I was about like, I don't, maybe last year. And then once my book got published, it's been slowing everything down. So in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm relearning a lot of how I do life because mm. it sped up when I was about 15. Like I was on this just like, go, go, go. Um, I felt like I had to fast track a lot of what I wanted in life. 
And then now that a lot of these things that I've been putting my heart and my mind and my soul into for a lot of years has happened, it's kind of like, okay, now recalibrating and being like, what is sustainable? What feels good? What's fun? Um, All while figuring out kind of what's next for me, but Mm. operating from a perspective where I don't have to be like, this doesn't have to be done in the next nine months. I get to enjoy this. This is the rest of my life. What do I want that to look like? And what pace do I want that to be? So for me, that is what I am trying to figure out right now at this stage of my life. Mm. And I think that as a collective of, I know a lot of people in their 20s, it's kind of like we're in this like figuring out period of, okay, what's next? Like we're, a lot of us are done with school. A lot of us are working or a lot of us are still kind of wrapping up school. And then we're like, okay, what do we do? There's no next designated milestone Mm -hmm. um, other Mm -hmm. than like some of the societal norms, I'm going to say, like get married or things like that. But there's not a necessary deadline to that. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, all right, what pace are we going to go at? What are we going to do? Mm. Um, and just figuring that out. Is that uh, unnerving or what does that feel like for you to not kind of have the next milestone to have to achieve something? Yeah, it's so weird. It's definitely unnerving at, at first, I think. Um, now I think I've been a little bit used to it. I'm like six months into that journey for myself. Mm. At first, it was so weird. I remember talking to my friend about this time when I was like, just finishing up the last home stretch of like my book and um, my core hours for my 500 hour yoga teacher training. And she's like, in March, you're not going to know what to do with yourself. And that might feel really scary and really weird. So just give yourself this like coming down grace period, because it's not going to necessarily feel as good as you are imagining right now when you're just really tired. Hmm. Um, or it's going to be better. Was right. She was right. It was definitely um, challenging. At first, I was like, what is going on? Uh, what do I do? Just a lot of figuring out and mm-hmm. also kind of coming to terms with I'm allowed to just be and I don't have to be producing something. That was a yes. big lesson that I think I learned all at once in mm-hmm. that time. And I'm still like accepting it and learning it. But now it feels good to be able to take a deep breath, to slow down um, and be intentional about things moving forward and not have to feel like it's a race. Well, let me tell you, this this race that you're talking about and the 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 need for production, um, that doesn't stop. That doesn't stop. And uh, because that is an outside, that is an exterior pressure from the from the world. And that is what we are so used to um, as having a value in the world, right? And that was that was um, a, a big part of me wanting to start the movement more most of the people was because I'm like, wait a minute, um, I, because I, this was, I mean, this is my journey also. This isn't like I'm ca- calling from the rooftops, like I've got this mastered, my God, no way. I mean, every day I'm still going back, <laughs> I still slide backwards. I'm like, okay, remember, remember, uh, keep remembering that. It isn't about what you do. It is about who you are. And if we, if we are doing something that we aren't proud of in the world, 
just because we have to produce a widget or we need to make money to survive, which of course I understand we need money to survive, but the 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 pressures, those outside pressures don't change. It is not an external thing. It is an, it's an inside job to do the work and that you already are doing this work that we now at my age group are finally starting to look at. And, and I think it is terrific that you would even take a moment to consider, wait a minute, maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be this way. Maybe I can enjoy my life for this minute or just kind of take a step back and wonder what do I want to create next? And that is something that when you were 15, you said you had mentioned that, you know, your life kind of changed there at 15. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that was like for you at that time? Yeah. So when I was 15, I essentially hit my rock bottom of life so far. Um, I had been really depressed for a few years and the support and what I was getting and doing for myself just really wasn't working. Um, and there would be almost every day where I would go to bed and I didn't want to get up in the morning. Um, and that is just a really heavy way for anyone to live. But yeah. especially when I was so young, I didn't really like I knew I was depressed we kind of learned about that in school so I was like I think I might have that but I don't I don't really know um but yeah so I hit this point where I just like didn't want to live anymore and I knew that that wasn't normal but I didn't really know what to do about it sure how would you so after I mean this was trial and error of like eight years Mm -hmm. I tried really hard to figure out like what I wanted in life and my dreams kind of became my life jacket because I was like, okay, this moment isn't working for me, but what in the future could, like what can help me um, just to dream and like invite love in my heart and have hope in myself. And it was to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. And I'm not saying this happened again in a short time. It was over a very, very um, long and hard time that I had to try and figure this out. Um, And eventually I really had to sit and think about, okay, why do I want what I want? And it started with like, when I was 11, I wanted to be the CEO of Coca-Cola. I still really couldn't tell you how I came up with that. I wanted to be somewhere where I had a really big global impact that I could make positive change. But of course I could not articulate that until many years later. So then I was like, okay, well, if I want to be able to make an impact and create positive change and help people, that's really what it boiled down to. Right. I can do that now. I don't need to aspire right. to this very huge goal that despite all my best efforts may never happen. Like it just right. might not. And that's okay. But I can control the ultimate outcome that I want. And that is through helping people. And when I was 15, I was so lucky to have two of my friends take me to yoga. So I started getting into that. Mm-hmm. And really, it created a space where I just got to be with myself in this safe, caring space um, and didn't have to talk really about what was going on. I just got to kind of heal myself from the inside out through that and a lot of other support systems and resources. But that is where I was at at 15, um, this mm-hmm. kind of pivotal rock bottom moment that I knew things had to change. Yeah. And I love what you just said. My dreams became my life jacket. That's beautiful. Uh, 
and that's that is the thing is dreaming is free and and when we are hurting the most or feel the most alone that um sometimes what we can do and sometimes the the easiest thing to do is to help others is to step out of ourselves and to look to see maybe there's somebody else that I can help right now because also um separating ourselves from it the issue uh, mm -hmm. can also give us a lot of clarity and to be able to refocus on somebody else or something else. And you then having this gift inside of you to be able to write a book of poems. I mean, and now that you are a published author, and I, I wish that I had this book in front of me, um, I am waiting for it to come from America <laughs> because your your great auntie has been so kind to take care of making sure that I can get one. Um, how, how did that, this book come to life? How did it come out of you? How did yeah, you decide to so share this? When I was in kindergarten, my school wrote books. So we had a publishing shop at our school and we got to like make the covers, like put buttons on it, decorate it. And I think that this was actually my first dream was to write a book because I did mm -hmm. that. And I just, I don't even, obviously these weren't my kindergarten words, but I was like, I think I would like to have my own book someday. I yes. just remember that moment like so distinctly. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 11 and I started just getting really sad and depressed and just feeling this loss um, in this also figuring out era, mm -hmm. um, I was definitely not the only one trying to figure myself out at that time. I started writing as a form to understand my feelings, to recognize um, and put to word what was going on with me that I couldn't really say otherwise. And it just felt safe for me. And then I just started doing it and doing it. I remember on my phone notes on the bus ride home, that's where I would do a lot of my writing. Um, so that's how it started. And then I did that for years and years. And then I realized, hey, I kind of like this. So I would mm. just write um, kind of like journaling in a sense um, yeah. to capture all my feelings. And then when I was in college, I had another kind of like clearing moment, I'll call it. And I was like, okay, all of these things in my life feel so good. Like I was at this point where I felt really fulfilled, but there was something missing. And I was like, mm. oh, yes this book that I've dreamed up and I'd worked on it several times in high school. And I was like, all right, well, it's not going to go away. So I just have mm. to face it and do it. And so that's what I did. That's amazing. I, I think that is uh, <laughs> what an honor to have your thoughts and to have your heart in the world and to be able to also have other people kind of look into your soul through the words that you have chosen to share. Um, something I really think is uh, important to talk about is, and we talked about this when we had originally met, was the pressure of young people today. And again, this is also on my age group. It doesn't matter what the age group is, but to have, you have so many options in front of you. You have like, the in, you have this thing called the internet in front of you, where you have everything in front of you. You have like this humongous buffet to choose from. What? How did you feel that that impacted or impacts your life today? Yeah, the pressure. Sorry, my headphone just dropped in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Get that out of there. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, the pressure that I feel today. Um, for me, I think 
that a lot of it has always been put on myself. Um, I've always been this person to dream really big. And I think it started because I kind of had to. Um, so I don't think that in my close people group that it was like, oh, like my career was never dreams of my friends or my family, how some people's are. Um, because I think that I would had always dreamed big enough for people to be like, oh, we don't have to worry about her. She's fine in that yeah. sort She's of She's got way. her own dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in that sort of way. But for the society pressures or like just the pressures of the world, I don't, society is mm. not like my favorite word because we're mm. all kind of part of it. But yeah. Um, I just feel like, as you mentioned, the need to produce um my biggest anxiety my biggest Mm. fear is not being enough so Mm. having that um Mm. and being able to be a practiced doer a practiced post achiever um really is kind of a dangerous combination because Mm. i'm really well versed in that it's like oh i know i can keep going keep producing keep doing um and then it like fuels this fear of mine like oh if I do that then I won't have to worry about not being enough um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's never really the solution it's like Mm -hmm. oh okay well actually you already are and you always have been regardless if you do nothing the rest of your life literally other than lie on the floor so it's that is a big pressure I think is to do and to be Mm -hmm. um and other pressures that I see people in my life, it's like to have a significant other. And I've definitely had that pressure as well mm. to have an awesome job, to move, to have all of these things together, especially being in a relatively young period of our life when we're really all just figuring it out. And this right. is for a lot of us, the first moment where we were really like, what do we want? We've had all of these steps outlined for us for so long. We go to school And then eventually we get a job and then it's like, okay, well now what? what? So for thinking about that, as a lot of people are thinking about it for the first time, like we can't get it perfect ever, but especially on your first try, you're not going to. But what's perfect? I mean, what is, what (laughs) is perfect? I mean, based on whose perfectness, right? I mean, and it's, Mm -hmm. and I think that we, when we also are looking at the other people that we think that have got it so together. Um, wherever we are seeing that, right? Maybe if it's on social media or if it is, you know, a friend on the street or because they have nice things or whatever, you know, when we jump into people's stories, we know nothing. We know nothing about what they had to do, uh, achieve, overcome uh, all the fears they have, all the vulnerabilities that they have to go through in order to create what they have in that moment. And I think that the the pressure of saying that we have to have to do anything. And it's, you're so right. I mean, the fact that we were born, that's it. That's the only thing we had to do was at that moment was to be born. And we've already accomplished what we were here to do. And that was to be born because every one of us is magical. We come with our own beautiful, special gifts. And the the thought of having to do something to achieve something to share something because we have achieved it all we have to do is to share our story right just live our lives in the best way that we can right and to feel good and and i say this as a person that what you said was what now what do i want 
that'll come to you in the 20s, that'll come to you in the 30s, that'll come to you in the 40s, 50s. It doesn't stop. And so what happens then is what do we, What you know how many people I ask when I was coaching, life coaching, I'd ask every single person, so what do you want? I don't know. I don't know what I want. I don't know. Uh, well, do you know what you don't want? Because we can start there, <laughs> right? We, we can, okay, let's just start there. But it's the the constant thought of doing something that other people want us to do or want us to be, that's the lot. That's where the lie comes in because we'll never achieve it. So of course, we're always like frantically trying to achieve something that they want us to do. Meanwhile, we don't even know what it is that they want because they don't even know what they want. So how are they going to know what we want? And it's like, ah. <laughs> so the exercise that you're already doing and asking yourself, what's next? You know what? How about we think about this moment? What do I want to do right now? What do I want to do? Because I have to think in, in segmented intentions and um, with my next step because I get way too, I'm all over the place. I have so many ideas and I want to get everything done and I've got my lists everywhere just like you. And, and But the thing is now I have become peaceful in my heart. And before when I was younger, I wasn't peaceful in my heart because I didn't know that I was okay. And that's what I, that's what I wanted. That was my thing. Like I wanted to be included. I wanted to feel mm -hmm. like I was, I was, I was invited to the party. I'm allowed to be at the table. I am, we are, we are all welcome at the table. We are all welcome at the table. And um, so for me now talking to you, is there, do you see anything that we, now I'm going to represent everybody over the age of 24, <laughs> What is there what we can do to support younger people in our world right now better? How can we love you better right now? Yeah. So what people have done for me in my life that has really helped is to believe people when they tell you how they're feeling, mm. um, when they tell you what their goals are, what their dreams are, to believe them. First of all, not question, oh, well, why is this? Why is that? Mm -hmm. And we all do that. Um, mm -hmm. But how powerful is it when you sit down with someone and you say something really help, heartfelt that has been on your soul and someone just looks at you and they're like, yeah, I believe you. You could mm -hmm. totally do that. What's mm -hmm. next? How can mm -hmm. I help you? Mm -hmm. Any of those things. I've had that happen to me so many numerous times. I'm so lucky for that and just being a cheerleader of other people I think is something just so deeply underrated mm. because all of our lives the world tells us in so many different ways all of the reasons why we're not enough or all mm. of the reasons why we can't do whatever we really actually want to do and how refreshing mm. is it how special is it when someone just tells you oh yeah of course that makes so much sense I mm. believe in you Mm. I believe you. I know that you could do that. It might be a lot of work, but that mm. doesn't make it any more real or less real. No, no. And that is that is a beautiful way to end this conversation today. I definitely want you back. I definitely want you back on this podcast because I think that it's important that we have these conversations. And I need, I need, I mean, I have beautiful family members. I've got 10 nieces and nephews that are basically all in your age group. And, and they're the most incredible people that I know. I mean, they're fabulous, amazing human beings. And, 
You know, if if we one person can make such a difference, and I love that you say, I believe you. And that is a very powerful thing that you said to me when we spoke the last time. And I wrote it down and I've been practicing saying it to myself, right? Because this is, it starts with self. It starts with self. Mm -hmm. If I cannot say, Asa, I believe you. I believe you when you say that you want to do this or you want to accomplish this or you want to make this difference in the world. Because if we cannot believe us, other people will not either. So Good. Beautiful, beautiful messages today, Bella. And your book is called On Becoming. And you're going to give us, um, there's going to be a link in the show notes for people Mm -hmm. to access it. And that's really, that's excellent. Thank you. Thank you for that. And we'll also have contact information for you. So if anybody wants to reach out, where is your favorite place to show up in in the social media world? Um, LinkedIn. I actually just made uh-huh. my first Instagram basically this past weekend. So okay. I have that still learning. So how to you're just, yeah. Um, me but too. LinkedIn, I don't know what I'm doing out there using for a bit. So that okay. is easy, but Instagram works too. Okay. Well, we'll put all your links in the show notes. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for choosing you when you were 15 and choosing to understand that, um, it, it is work, but you are worth it. We're all worth it. And I believe you. I thank believe you, you so much. Thank <laughs> you. I believe uh, you too. Thank you. I appreciate that. Next time. Till next time, my friend. Have a nice day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of More Moths to the People. I am Asa Nilsson. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, share it with a friend. I want to say thank you to Kamel Asli for his help with the production of this podcast. Without him, this would not even be in your ears today. I can assure you of that. And let me let me say a little something about my friend, Gregory Paul Donaldson, may he rest in peace, who would always leave me with this quote. He would say, in the meantime and between time, whatever you do, do it well, and then pass it on. Peace and most importantly, joy. I want to leave you with that as well. I'll see you on the flip side, my friend. Take care.